there'll be a gradual change in the production. Ford says by 2030, they're, they're going to hopefully be 50% ICE, which is internal combustion engines, and 50% EVs, which is electric vehicles. Welcome to Mitten Money, delivering insights from Michigan-based business leaders, big and small. William Zank, host of Mitten Money at TriStar Trust, loves nothing more than creating this masterclass so that you can get insight to guide your leadership journey in just under 30 minutes. Subscribe today and connect with William at mittenmoney.com. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to another episode of Mitten Money. With the introduction of so many new cars every year, it can be hard to keep track of what's all going on in the automotive field. One big trend, however, that I'm sure a lot of people have been seeing is the introduction of electric cars. Whether that's been seeing a Tesla, a Chevy Volt, or the new F-150 Lightning, the future of cars is here. As such, this was one topic that I was excited to talk today's guest about, who is Bob Hagen of Hagen Ford. We chat about all about the past, present, and future of EVs, including the new F-150 Lightning, which I actually had the privilege of driving one before the podcast today and was left speechless with how nice it drove. Truly an amazing car. If you're at all interested in the upcoming switch from gas to electric, how it'll impact consumers and businesses alike, then this is something that you won't want to miss. So welcome, Bob, to Mint Money. Well, thank you, Bob, for taking some time out of your day to chat a little about electric vehicles. And so do you mind giving the listeners a little background on yourself and the car dealership? Yes, well, that's right. We were established back in 1961 by my father, Arthur, and we moved to our current location in 1967. 2016, we did a major renovation to the building, which is what it looks like today. Brother and I are both in the business. His name's Tom. Been here since 1979. I've been here since 1981, but that's the truth. And we've been active in the community and with things with Ford Motor Company during that time frame. In your opinion, Bob, what has inspired the shift for manufacturers to go from gas-powered cars to electric? Was this something you think has been planned for a long time, or do you see this as more of a shift towards what consumers want? I don't think it was planned for a long time. I kind of think it was the advent of Tesla and the success that they had kind of opened up the eyes to the major manufacturers, Ford and General Motors. Plus, we've had you know changes in political climates and people wanting to move towards more of a renewable energy platform, which makes a lot of sense in my opinion. We certainly want to take care of the environment and our planet. We've only got one of them. So that, that move is moving at a certain pace. We have to make sure it doesn't go too fast to where it burdens the supply chain even more so than it is now. So I think it's going to come along at a pace. It all depends on how quick that pace is and how much of that is much the consumer actually accepts the fact that they're going to have an electric vehicle in their garage. Sure. That all makes great sense. And I can see so far for demand for electric vehicles, Ford specifically, the Mach-E and the F-150 Lightning has seen a lot of positive reception. So Full disclosure, myself, I drove an F-150 Lightning this morning from your guys' dealership, your demo model. And I can tell you guys why it's a little bit different to drive. It is, and it was a spectacular ride. It's crazy to go think that it can, just from the source of the fuel going from gas power to electric can make so many great differences. But for a question for you, how has that local reception been with this shift so far? I know it's still relatively early. I know that you guys just got that demo vehicle, what I just mentioned a couple of weeks ago, but have you been seeing a lot of calls and a lot of people asking, you know, when can I get my hands on an F-150? 
We have had, yes, we have. First off, it started with the Mach-E when the first that came out, the Mustang Mach-E came out a year ago, almost two years ago, and we had some real good initial months with that. We've been able to deliver seven of those in the first model year, but only one this year because of supply constraints. We have people that want them, but Ford just isn't able to build them. As far as the Lightning goes, we've got 17 reservations in our order bank. We're delivering one today to a customer. It's the one that we have for this model year. Hopefully, Ford's saying that they're going to expand production, so we can probably get, hopefully, the majority of those customers into one next year, but we'll see how that production runs out. So, response has been real positive. People like it. They come in, they look at it, they want to drive it. They come back and go, wow, I didn't know that it was so, what the performance was of the truck. It's a, it's really amazing just how fast it goes from zero to 60. Smooth ride that it has. It drives just like a pickup truck should, and it performs just like a pickup truck should. Very pleased the customers who have driven it and looked at it and enjoy the styling that it looks like a conventional F-150 Ford pickup truck. Yeah, and just per my own personal perspective, I think that's one thing that Ford has done really well with the F-150 Lightning. I know, Bob, me and you chatted this morning about this, but I think making... And it was really interesting, too, that for the F-150 itself, it's been, if memory serves you right, the best-selling car in America for the last, what, 35, 40 years. And so for them to be purposeful about this, to design an electric version, but not only an electric version that is going to be popular, but not you know shifting so much away from what people would expect out of a pickup truck, I think just speaks so much to the engineering and the ultimate product that they came out with. Yeah, I agree with that. The board wants to maintain their leadership in, in F-150 and in truck sales. Uh, so that's a big component. Not only that, but they've also done the same thing with the electric transit, which is being used by delivery companies and whatnot all over the United States, and they're planning on producing quite a few of those as well moving forward. And they've had real good success with fleet customers on that, like the FedExes and DHLs, those type of delivery services, or Amazon. They're starting to use those vans in their local routes because there's a little bit of a challenge as far as using it all day long. It's because you're limited by the supply of the charge, but they're working really well in urban areas and so that's a, that's a great thing. So using the F-150 Lightning as an example, with this truck being electric, are there additional benefits that the truck can offer to small businesses? To my understanding, the truck actually has the capability to act as a generator should someone lose power to their home or their business. And so I think that's just crazy if there's a storm or anything else like that. So many people rely on there being a secondary source of power and Lo and behold, it can possibly come from someone's car. That's true. You have to have had the charging station installed into your home, and then you have to have the integration system there as well, so it integrates it into the house. But it's certainly part of it. That's one thing that when people start getting these vehicles, they're going to have to have charging stations at home and possibly maybe a charging station at work or however they, depending on how long their commute is. That is definitely a possibility. It definitely works. That you can charge up to, you know, basic usage is up to. I think you can get up to three days worth of power, powering a house, and then you can actually set the time frame of how much battery charge you want to dictate to have that happen with. So it's definitely a possibility. Hopefully, you're you're not going to lose power for more than three days, but you can definitely power your home with a F-150 pickup truck. 
Sure. And I can imagine that another use could be if someone's out on the job site, or maybe it could just be your DIY camping out in the woods. You could actually plug like your traditional, you know, regular socket that you have at home into the truck, and that could also be a power source. Is that correct? Yeah, that is. And you can also do that with the current F one fifty. The gas powered one has a two hundred or four hundred watt plug in that you can do the same thing with. That's really cool. And so, what type of effects do you think this shift will have on auto dealers? Do you see more consumers buying electric versus gas? You know, maybe say within five or ten years, and then. From a servicing perspective, besides an oil change, are there any other notable differences with EVs? Well, let's take the first question. There'll be a gradual change in the production. Ford says by 2030 that they're going to hopefully be 50% ICE, which is internal combustion engines, and 50% EVs, which is electric vehicles. By 2030, you're going to be 50-50. So the gas car, gas-powered powertrains are not going away. Now, whether they're going to be using those for gas-powered engines, will still be in heavy-duty super trucks, super cab pickup trucks, in a lot of uh, sport utilities and that type of stuff. And then there'll be a mix of vehicles that are available in electric version. Like an Explorer will probably have two versions. They'll be the gas version and the EV version. And then there'll probably be some sort of an EV vehicle that's going to be a six-passenger vehicle, maybe kind of the size of a a little bit bigger than an Explorer, like an Expedition-type size or something like that. So those will happen. And then we'll move as we move into the servicing of it. I've seen some diagrams on how service departments may be laid out in the future. A little different concept. There's not as many moving parts, obviously, because you don't have an engine. Transmission is really very simple operation as well. And the motor, electric motor, everything sits kind of underneath the vehicle. So there's not a whole lot of moving parts, but you still have tires and brakes and moving parts as far as that goes, shocks and all that type of stuff for maintenance. And then you also have the electrical components of the vehicle. You know, the battery, currently battery life is estimated around 10 years. So when batteries hit 10 years, we're going to have to service the battery, either replace the battery. We have no idea how much that's going to cost at this time. And then we have to replace those batteries if the customer wants to continue to drive that vehicle. If not, then they have to figure out how we're going to handle trade-ins and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic as we move forward. It'll all play out as we go like everything else does. And one reason that we have car dealers help Ford Motor Company, and Ford has stated that they want to maintain their dealer network because they're there to handle and service the customer. And we hope to be able to tie the customer even further into the dealership. So we're kind of looking forward to that aspect of it. It'll be interesting and see how it all plays out. Sure. Yeah, that all makes great sense. And so what has you most excited for the future of EVs, whether it's a particular model, it's a particular technology with it, possibly that it's you know electric versus gas powered? Is there any one thing that you're most excited for? I think I'm most excited to see if they can actually make, if we can get the infrastructure set up properly so that you can take it on a trip that is realistic. It's realistic. I mean, if you want to drive your, your family down to Florida, well, I don't think you're like a lot of Americans. I don't think you want to stand in, in line at a service station and wait to charge your vehicle for 45 minutes or pull in and have someone in front of you and you got to get to the charger. So you're there for an hour and a half charging your vehicle when what you really want to do is get to Florida with your family and enjoy the sunshine. So. 
I think once they get that figured out, and there's enough of those, and the, the how fast we can recharge. Currently, it takes 45 minutes on a full charge to have that happen. If we can get that down to you know five to 10 minutes, then I think the EVs will just explode as far as the sales goes. People will definitely want them as long as they're able to. And with Ford Motor Company being able to produce them, they can do it with economies of scale because of their plants and their manufacturing capacities. But they can do it so it's affordable for the consumer. That's the big thing. And the price gets down to the price point and what we're able to do as far as being able to recharge the batteries. If they can solve those two issues, I think electric vehicles will be here for a stay for a long, long time and the gas engine will eventually be replaced. Sure. It seems like the future is almost limitless. And so now time for our lightning round of questions. Bob, what would you say is your most important daily habit? My wife would say I should exercise every day. So is that a habit? Not yet. I'm working on it. My daily habit, probably coming into work and greeting everybody and saying, hey, good morning. And starting our day and seeing what happens as we move through the day. What would you say is your favorite TV or streaming show that you're currently watching or have recently? You watched... Ozarks. That was kind of interesting. That was fun during COVID and whatnot. And then we, I just got done watching the termination list, which was kind of interesting. So yeah, that's good. I don't watch a lot of TV. I spend a lot more time reading a book or playing golf. So more in the wintertime, we tend to watch streaming shows and all that kind of stuff. But I know James, got, you know, my wife has got a list of stuff for coming fall. So we'll go from there. This next question, Bob, I think might be a little bit of a harder question. So I'm really interested to go see what your answer is. And so what model of Ford is your favorite? <laughs> That's a good question. Let's see. My favorite older model would have been a Thunderbird. Those were very, very cool when I was growing up and liked those. Of course, a Mustang is, you know, that's the iconic Ford brand vehicle. So those are nice well. But I tell you what, I've been driving an F-150 pickup truck for a little bit for the last few years, and I really enjoy driving those. So I have to kind of give you the the three. What I really what works for me is a, as a person driving a vehicle is the F-150. What I want to have in my garage as a toy is, is a Mustang, and what I want my garage as a nostalgic car to have is would be a Thunderbird. No, good answer. I appreciate that. And so, Bob, for those people who want to learn more about yourself or for Hagen Ford. What are some good resources for the listeners out there? Uh, well, you can go to our website, HagenFord.com. It kind of tells you about the dealership. We also have another website that's exclusive to our collision center. That's HagenFordCollisionCenter.com. And that gives you a good background on what our collision center is all about and our people and the quality of work that we have back there. And then the other thing would be to just stop in and Come in and say hello, and we'll be happy to show you around and let you see what Hagen Ford, as far as buying a car or having your vehicle serviced, was, is all about. Sure. And just one more caveat, too. I'd have to give a big recommendation out to Hagen Ford. That's who I bought my most recent car for when my family expanded. I traded in the truck for a good old SUV, and you guys helped me out through the whole process. Nice and seamless. So couldn't recommend you guys enough. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's why we, the way we try and treat all of our customers. So I appreciate that, Will. Very nice. Absolutely. And thank you again, everyone, for listening to another episode of Mid Money. Please don't forget to follow our podcast so you don't miss when new episodes drop. Thanks, Bob. All right, Will. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Mitten Money, sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the TriStar Trust team can guide your small business at tristartrust.com. <laughs>